1: what's up everybody and welcome back to another episode of straight up sabers presented by the hockey podcast network and the charging buffalo as always i'm brendan and i'm taylor and taylor not a whole lot has been happening in the world of the buffalo Sabers aside from some solid performances from rasmus Dahlin and rasmus Asplund at the world championships this week but what has been going on is the conclusion of the first round of the playoffs and the start of the second round. Our second round matchups are already set. It has already gotten underway with Tampa and Colorado taking one to nothing leads in their respective series. Tonight, ahead of us recording this, the other two games will be getting underway between the Carolina Hurricanes and the New York Rangers, as well as Edmonton and Calgary for the Battle of Alberta. So Taylor, what are your thoughts As we are now into the second round of the playoffs.
0: So I didn't really, I guess partially is because the first round series were so close. And I believe all but one of them came down to the sixth or seventh game. That I didn't really think too much about like what the next round would look like. Like I knew it was because Colorado has been forever basically has uh clinched the second round spot but like i knew they'd have to play the winner of st louis in minnesota but besides that, i didn't really think about it so i didn't really think about like a nasty rangers hurricane series that i don't want to deal with um because on one hand it's like oh do i really want the rangers getting to the stanley cup or getting to the conference finals even hell no N- no but do i want the hurricanes double hell no yeah because here's the thing that. I I'm pretty confident if the Rangers go to the conference finals, they're going to get squashed by someone. I'm really not confident about the hurricanes. The thing is though, like the Rangers got squashed oh. in the first round. It didn't really matter. I didn't really understand. Um, I guess what happened in the first round, considering they got crushed in expected goals and their goaltending wasn't like Shostakhin had a couple of games. Like the, the penguins are obviously the better team, but it wasn't like, wow, Shostakhin was dominant that whole series. He really wasn't. They just, no. they outlasted the Penguins and they did a good job hurting them. So congrats to them for that. Uh, but yeah, so the other, looking at the other ones. So I watched the games last night, or at least I watched part of Avs Blues. The Lightning, uh, it uh, started to occur to me during that game that like the Lightning could just go to a third straight cup. And it kind of, it started to dawn on me like that they might be, this run might be the best run since well easily since post lockout in the salary cap era it's it's getting pretty close to being the best run uh the the competition would be obvious it'd be the penguins have a billion playoff appearances in a row i think god i think the number is like 16 now and they have three cup wins four cup appearances but here's the thing, only five total conference final appearances. And they, they've made the playoffs every year since Crosby's second year. And would like to note that in 07, 2011, 2012, 2015, 2019, 2021, 20, and 22, they lost in the first round. All those times. Yeah. It's really interesting because it's like, you can't, re- they, they, I don't know if there, there was a time at one point where it felt like they were kind of wasting the crosby Malkin era, but like, that was obviously short-lived and it it wasn't right away. And it wasn't too much of a pressure because it was like, okay, it was like, you're one of Crosby, missed the playoffs, you're two, he wins the MVP and they get to the second round, or sorry, they lose in the first round, but they get to the playoffs. Uh, you're three, they make the cup uh year 4 they win the cup. And then it wasn't until like 2015 where it was like, hmm. They really haven't uh done anything for a few years in the playoffs despite being good. So that that's kind of a weird thing. Uh but like yeah, so getting back to the Lightning. The way they I know it was a uh, heavily power play driven, but they're pretty deadly on the power play and they don't even they didn't even have Brayden point in that game. They now depending if you want to count 2011 or not. If you count 2011 as part of this run?
1: They had Stamkos and Hedman, but no one else. I mean, not necessarily. I think that they've really taken it to a new level because they were kind of in that, like, I mean, would you consider Washington's build up to them winning the cup a part of their run where they had all yeah. those ups and downs? Yeah. I mean, I guess in theory, you probably could then. But I don't know. I think of it more as like, Even though you have the two mainstays in Hedman and Stamkos, the rest of the roster is drastically different.
0: Yeah, here's the difference, I think,
1: between Washington and Pittsburgh and all those.
0: Washington was basically, at least theoretically, a cup contender from, like, 09 through, I don't know. They fell off some point in the last few years from being a real cup contender, maybe just this year or last year. They've also lost in the first round four years in a row. Um, But, like, somewhere in there. But they changed a lot over those times. Like 09, 10, 11, 12. That whole range they're pretty much cup contenders 2012 they're a little off. And there's one year where they missed the playoffs, which I think is 2013-14. There's not that big of a a change in the middle though. Like the changes are the kind of changes you just see in the long term. Same with Pittsburgh. Like you just if you're good that long, even if you have Ovechkin and Backstrom and guys like that that are around for a while, there will be a bunch of changes around them. The difference is and I think this might be what you're getting at. When the lightning were good in 2011 and made the conference final, that's very different than the lightning team that got good again. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. So there's a break. Yeah, it is interesting. So anyway, just real quick. Also the other teams you got to mention Chicago, that was just basically what? 09 to 2017 that they were contenders. Right. And they have the obvious, they have three cups. So that's the trump card. And then Boston's around this for a really long time. Only won one cup, so that I'm not going to count them. And the Kings, very short time, but they won two cups. So I think looking at Tampa now, though, it's like okay, they really start being—they they seem pretty good in 13, 14, but they got swept in the first round. 2014, 15, it's like this has been a really wild run since starting starting now, and I think or from then till now, and I think there's been a couple weird years in there, 2017 and 19 are the two ones to point out, but just from then. It's 2014-15. They're awesome, and they make the cup. They are tied 2-2 in the cup. Two bad games and lose. 2016, they make the conference final, and I believe they were up 3-2, if I'm not mistaken. Two bad games and lose. 2017, they have a ton of injuries, and they miss the playoffs. Strange stranger. 2017, all the way around. Not a good season for the NHL. 2016-17. The next year, they come back, they make the conference final, and they're up 3-2 on Washington. Two bad games, lose the conference final. And that's kind of the, hmm, Tampa, what are you doing? And then 2019, they break the wins record, or they tie the wins record, 62. Nikita Kucherov, unbelievable. It's for whatever it's worth. It's a salary cap era wins record. He wins the MVP. And then they lose to Columbus getting swept in the first round. Columbus's first playoff series win. For the record, they only have two because they only have that in the time to beat Toronto. So they only win very funny series in Columbus. And then the last two years, they've just steamrolled the cups and they could do that again. So if you don't want to count 2011 as part of this, they still already have three Stanley Cup appearances and five conference finals appearances. If they win, this will be six conference finals appearances in uh 8 years? Right? They only didn't make it in 17 and 19? Yeah. So that's what I was thinking of that series. On the other hand, Florida just don't take a bunch of penalties uh the next game.
1: And I think it'll be fine on Thursday. I it mean, feels like inevitable that that's going to be if there's any series that's going to go to 7 games, it's almost inevitable that it's going to be that one, right?
0: I would think so. Uh and then my other thought uh on the the night game from Tuesday, Colorado and St. Louis looked more closely matched than I would have thought. Mm -hmm. So that bodes well for St. Louis because Colorado is not impervious to losing in the second round. It's in fact, it might be their, their favorite hobby of
1: late. (laughs) So we'll see. I think this is the year they get it done. I I think so too, but. and And by get it done, I'll say at least get to the, to the cup. I mean, it depends on who they're up against, but. I still feel like regardless of who comes out of the East that Colorado is the team to beat. And that's Florida included with that. It's their time. This is really just the start for Florida. I think, you know, they just, I mean, both teams are set up well for the future. Don't get me wrong, but, Colorado has been dancing around this for the past few years. They're overwhelmingly talented. They are deep. They're getting goaltending help now. Like their, their defense is insanely deep and it just feels like, I mean, they're going to be a matchup nightmare for whoever they play. I really would love to, even though, obviously, as we've been saying, you know, from the Sabres draft position standpoint, it wouldn't be ideal to have Florida get there, but like, if you want to go for all, like a hundred percent all-time entertainment value that is the matchup that i'd really like to see and i even still think though as good as florida is and even Tampa for that matter too i I just think this is going to be colorado's year so i'm looking forward to being proved wrong in the next like week and a half or so when st louis somehow pulls off a miraculous comeback win and wins in seven games or something like that
0: (laughs) yeah well the other series now the battle of alberta this is interesting brennan because I don't think there's been a battle of Alberta since the eighties.
1: Correct. Yeah.
0: Would that be, have been 89, I guess when Calgary, won. Yeah, the I cup? read that
1: earlier. I think it was right around there. I don't know that for sure though. So don't quote me on that, but I was uh, literally earlier today was reading about that.
0: Well, that's wild that, they, that that hasn't happened, but I guess it does make sense because as we mentioned earlier, Calgary has not had much playoff success. They made the cup in Oh four. which was kind of a surprise, but like, Basically after they won the cup in 89, their nineties were pretty pedestrian and Edmonton stopped being good in like 92. They have a weird thing post Gretzky. I don't know if people are aware of this. They stopped being like a great team when they traded Gretzky, they'd already traded Paul Coffey. They're pretty good the next year in 89, but obviously that, that, I think might be the last battle of Alberta. Calgary wins the cup and then the 90, they're like, they're not that good of a team. Look at their regular season point totals. Not all that great. They get hot and win the cup. And then they keep trading guys away because Peter Pocklington is uh, – he's down bad, you would say.
1: Can we oh, also just broke. acknowledge that he might have, like, the fakest sounding name in all of sports? Like, th- th- that is the stuff of fictional characters. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's
0: not – I mean, it, it's weird, though, because it sounds like – it doesn't sound like, a, oh, uh, what's my name? Uh, Peter Pocklington you wouldn't do it that way it, it sounds like a name from like a story
1: that's like a what i mean story it sounds yeah. like a fictional name like that i would i would read in like a comic book or something
0: <laughs> yeah it well, it does seem like that yeah so he anyways <laughs> so yeah so they like then they trade messier they trade curry they trade everyone and i, I don't know if who is still there in 92 like essa tikanen but i think they made the conference final in 92 so i think after gretzky they had this weird like you know, bounce of being like pretty good, but then they were like kind of bad, not kind of, they were extremely bad for a little while. And then they have like the, you know, the early 2000s period where they seem to lose in the first round every year. Ryan Smith, right? The Smith era, the Horcoff era.
1: God, uh, Hemsky, <laughs> Doug Waite. Doug Waite was there. Yeah. Yep. Uh, who was in goal for them? Tommy Sallow, right? Yeah. And then, and
0: then they have the obvious 06 run to the cup, but they didn't make the playoffs again until 2017. Uh,
1: when did they end up trading for Pronger? By the way, when did that happen? So they had Pronger.
0: Now this is interesting. They had Pronger in 0506. Did they only have him for that one
1: year? Let's look and see. Because now I, they definitely
0: didn't have him the next year after they made the Cup. Uh, there's that whole story that Pronger's wife was like, "I hate Edmonton.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Can
0: we go to California?" It was literally only 0506. Pronger. That's. It's so funny because. Well, you're looking at his hockey reference. I'm sure you can confirm this. He's on the Blues for a while. Great. Wins MVP. Oh, five oh six trade to Edmonton. They go to the Cup. Traded to Anaheim in 6 07. They win the Cup. Traded to Florida. Not Florida. Sorry. Philadelphia in 2009-10. They go to the Cup.
1: Hold on here. Okay. So, no. Actually. Wow. This is really interesting. I didn't realize this. Pronger signed with the Oilers a five-year, $31.25 million contract. So... so I,
0: But I was right about the Cups part or no?
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then he requests a trade in uh, in June. So they end up losing the Cup like, what, a week before? And then a week after they end up losing in the Cup final, he requests a trade and ends up going to yeah to anaheim wow and you're right it was his wife yeah and then so he, it was 09 offseason that
0: he was traded to philadelphia
1: uh yeah going into the 2009 2010 season now that's
0: something right three times mm-hmm. he goes to a new team and they go to the, first, the cup the first year every time crazy incredible stuff uh but yeah so it's so like edmonton damn he put up 55 points in that in that season too with them and he was not a young man by that point. He was really not, no. So so I guess I guess it's weird to me, yes, that two teams that have mostly played in the same division haven't played in the playoffs for more than 30 years. But I guess it makes sense when the teams either don't make the playoffs or lose in the first round all the time. I I don't know how many combined conference finals they have since 1992. My guess mm-hmm. is it's like there are two cup runs in 04 and 06, <laughs> which technically that's back-to-back cup runs because there's no 05 cup. Well, good for you, Alberta. You had a nice wow. little run there in the mid alts Yeah, and then the other series, uh, the less said, the better. I think the Hurricanes are probably going to roll. And, yeah, sorry, RIP to the Rangers. But I, I don't know. I, they still do have – who knows. not could can really bounce back strong. Man, I guess I should say what I think of the Battle of Alberta series. Uh, I think it's super interesting because – like we mentioned before around here about Calgary, they might play Daryl Sutter hockey, but they have a lot of interesting talent with a lot of and Kachuk and Manjie And then who knows Lindholm. one of these years, too. yeah, Lindholm, maybe someday Sean Monahan will become a real boy again.
1: Oh, so sad. did you see the video of him and Johnny Goudreau hugging each other after uh Goudreau was named the first star when they ended up clinching the, the series? <laughs> yeah, that was, it was nice. That's nice. I always enjoy when guys are like real type bros, you know? Oh yeah. When dudes rock, <laughs> it rocks. <laughs> For sure. Also,
0: so we mentioned this too, I guess, in terms of these two, they were really bad at the beginning of this past decade, the beginning of the 2010s. Um, and, but Edmonton got, seemed to get all that energy. Like Edmonton gets the, oh, the Calgary, goes uh, to the cup in 04. They don't do anything. I mean, they have a couple of playoff losses, the off again layer, but they waste that. And it feels like they get no attention for it. Meanwhile, Edmonton, they end up getting rid of everyone. They're terrible. They get the first overall pick four out of six years. And they get also in addition to that, they get Drysdale and Nurse and all the attention's on them. The fact that they couldn't win a playoff series, they win one in 2017 and then miss in 18 and 19 and then losing the play in in 2020 and then get spanked by Winnipeg last year. And there's always just all this negative attention at Edmonton that people don't even realize Calgary after having like a real surprising year in 2015, get super lucky. They get to play Vancouver in a classic Pacific division, two versus three series, the two worst teams in the playoffs (laughs) and they win, but then they get spanked in the second round and then they follow up by missing the playoffs. And then they get swept in the first round in 2017. And then they miss the playoffs in 2018 with Gaudreau and when, while Monaghan's still playing well. And then 2019, they are the one seed in the West and they lose in five in the first round and no one pays attention to it because as I just mentioned, Tampa Bay got swept in the first round as the mm-hmm. president's trophy winner. So Calgary has really avoided um, negative talk of all kinds, partially because they usually aren't the worst team in the league, like the Savers, and they're not even the most embarrassing or disappointing team in their own province. So these guys both get their chance to shine and uh, I'm, uh, I'm proud of the fellas but, oh yeah, and I'm I excited just, for the series. I think so,
1: Edmonton is just a, a nail Yakupov away from being able to put this thing home, though, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like I said, like Calgary, they have all that star power. Edmonton, I don't even need to mention it, but they got something in the first round that they never get, which is secondary scoring. hmm. So that they need that. <laughs> they need Whoa. that. And they need their goaltending to not be terrible. That's what I was going to say. I
1: think in that series specifically, goaltending is really going to be the difference maker because the drop-off from Jacob Markstrom to Mike Smith is significant to say the least. And I just think, you know, while Edmonton did get that secondary scoring in the first round, we'll see if it ends up holding true in the second round because even still, I, I just really like Calgary's lineup, like top to bottom. I think that, you know, while they definitely have their, some, some deficiencies on the the back end of their blue line, um, their secondary scoring, I, I like a lot. I mean, their star power is really solid. Obviously the high isn't, you know, to the extent of having a McDavid and Dry's idol, but you know, there's like five or six guys in that forward corpse that can just go off any night for you on top of the fact that, you know, of all of them being solid, I mean, Johnny Goudreau is having the year of his life this year and it's going to, you know what I mean? So like,
0: yeah
1: i think it's gonna i think that calgary is gonna take this in six games i'm gonna say i think just like the hype of it all edmonton is gonna be in it but i just think calgary is gonna overpower them and we will ultimately end up getting to see the conference final in the west that we deserve and have deserved which is calgary and colorado
0: all right so before we move on to the next topic let's hear from our sponsors at Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings' same-game parlays, you can do just that. Creating your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet just $5 on any NHL team to win, and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's promo code THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply, See our show notes for details and responsible gambling resources.
1: And we're back. We're back. We are so very back. Well, I wanted to bring this up if we're good with the playoff talk Mm -hmm. that our pals over at expected Buffalo, specifically Chad did his, well, he released, I should say his first mock off season for the Sabres and Taylor Do you know what the marquee move that Chad has the Sabres making? And this, of course, isn't based on any intel he's getting, but just his prediction. What's that? That it's about to get a whole lot Frencher up in here in Buffalo next year. Sabres making a move for Pierre-Luc Dubois. He had them moving, I believe it was, the ninth overall pick, Casey Mittelstadt and Ryan Johnson. For PLD? Hmm. Your thoughts?
0: Well, here's two big um, factors here. Where do Ryan Johnson and PLD want to play hockey?
1: That's uh, what's that? Oh, um, (laughs) I mean that those are just that's my big question here.
0: But so you talk about PLD though, or talk about how you feel about this because I don't uh, I guess you have more feelings on it than I do at the moment.
1: I do yeah I mean my thought on it and, and this is really what it remains is that while you have the ability to get a really good player at nine I know on our last episode whether it was last episode or a couple episodes ago whenever it was you know we're talking about names like Joaquin Kemmel if he were to fall which is not likely same goes for Matthew Savoy which he's maybe a little bit more likely but with that being said though I would just say that whether it's one of those guys in the best case scenario or whether it's one of those other options, whether it's somebody like Frank Nazar or Connor Geeky or Marco Casper or uh, Jonathan Leckermaki, any of these guys, all really, really solid prospects. I would rather bank on the Sabres having a surefire top end, top six center in PLD rather than trying to risk it I mean, in risk, it's probably a bad way of putting it. It really just comes back to, do you want a surefire thing where you know exactly what you're getting, or do you want to take the chance on going after a guy who, by and large, their best case outlook is that they turn into this guy, which isn't a guarantee. So for me, it may seem like it's a big cost, you know, when we're talking about nine and then middle step, because you don't know what's going on there. But, and then also too with Johnson, I mean, Johnson seems like he's just about one foot out the door at this point and they have to move him. Like there's no getting around that. But as I had said, though, when it comes to whoever you can get at nine and with metal stack combined... I do not personally think that it would be worth it to hang on to that if you were to know that you were going to be able to trade for PLD and have him sign a long term deal here. I think it just it makes too much sense it doesn't mess with any timelines or anything like that I think it's and Chad pointed this out as we had pointed out when we had our initial episode on PLD that it doesn't necessarily you know. there's no mirroring with the ROR trade or anything like that. It doesn't have to be reflective of that. It doesn't have to mess with any timelines or anything like that. It's just, you're going out and getting a really solid young player who can be a foundational piece of the puzzle for you moving forward now and well into the future. And if you're not ready to be a playoff team quite yet, that's okay because you're getting a guy who's going to be 24 years old in June. So, you know, you're not going after some, some seasoned veteran who's trying to go to somewhere where they can win a cup right off the bat. You know, with that being said though, again, I mean, you get Pierre-Luc Dubois in the room and that moves you, I would say pretty substantially closer to being a playoff team or being where you want to be, or at least we'll just say being in the ballpark of how we've been describing where we think they'll be in the 2023, 24 season. So of course, coupling with that, you have to go out and have and get a goaltender as well as a right-handed defenseman. In Chad's preview, he ended up getting Jack Campbell and PK Subban. And again, like you make that move, you bring in those three guys. I, I think that puts them right on the doorstep of a playoff spot, in my opinion. With the following year, far and away, like them being a legitimate contender. Hmm. What do you think? The same thing I said
0: before. Does he actually want to play here? Because I, well, really yeah. I, I don't mean, think so.
1: Obviously, this is all predicated on him wanting to come here and him <laughs> agreeing to signing a long-term deal. Yes, I think Chad had him marked in for like a six-year, $7 million-a-year deal.
0: All right, here's, here's another example that I would say. So Panarin, I don't think, is too far away from free agency. Am I, am I wrong on thinking that?
1: Panarin? Uh, are I you, could be mistaken. I think you are, yeah. Let me see. I think he has like four more years though. Like he he's got a bit still. Let's see. What does Cap Friendly have to say about this? Hmm. Yeah, he signed a seven-year deal with them. So he is under contract until 2025, 2026. Or through 2025, 2026.
0: Okay. Yeah, never mind. I thought it was I thought he had two years left for some reason. But anyway, I was gonna ask if you would trade for Panarin. And here's here's a fun thing. My answer was gonna be no. Also, you
1: can't. You can't trade for Panarin no. because he has no move <laughs> Why him out of curiosity?
0: Because it was another example I was thinking of where Panarin went to sh- – he signed with Chicago. I believe he was undrafted, and that's why he came over so late. Uh, and he was awesome in the KHL. So the Blackhawks signed him, and he was immediately like one of the best players in the league. And then they had that weird, stupid trade to make Taze happy and get Brandon Saad back. So dumb. Tough, <laughs> tough. And so – sod basically is not nearly as good so panarin had no choice he had you know he he wasn't a ufa yet he like didn't have the ability to even do a new move or whatever but anyway he had to go to columbus and play there but the first chance he got to get out of columbus where'd he go
1: well he went to new york
0: yeah and all the indications were like there's not a shot in hell he ever would have signed to columbus even if they were good Mm -hmm. so like there are guys that and it's, not, it's way more rare in hockey than it is in other sports, I think. Well, I mean, the NBA has destinations for a reason, but who knows? Maybe Giannis will make Milwaukee a destination. But based on what Dubois wanted out of so far, maybe he just wanted out of two crap organizations, and he wants in on a good vibes organization like the Sabres. Well,
1: but I mean, that's the whole thing. It's, the other, right.
0: it's, a, it's a small market that's cold. It's the same thing as the other two places he's been.
1: Yeah, like, that's fair, and I'm not going to try But also, let's keep in mind – one with Columbus, he was dealing with Tortorella, and they reportedly did not like him. Hey, that, that's other. a privilege. Wait, what? He didn't like him? I know. Crazy, right? Oh, man. Secondly, Winnipeg, I'm not going to claim that I know the ins and outs of the internal chemistry within the organization. But as we had talked about when we did our PLD episode a couple weeks back, what you're building right now in the room, you know, the camaraderie between the players, you know, between the players themselves and then the players in Granado. And what, you know, when we're talking about all of this stuff with the good vibes, is that not exactly the kind of situation though, that a guy like this would make sense to go after where, I mean, obviously in a, in a perfect world, you know, you want to get a really good vibes guy too, like how people have brought up with like Subban, for example, with bringing him in, cause he seems to be like that kind of a guy, but isn't this why you're also like setting that up so that you can go out and make a move for a guy that maybe has just been looking for that right fit. And you bring him in, you get him a part of this, a, a part of the, the good vibes, the camaraderie, the chemistry that's growing here and help him find his long-term home. I, I mean, to me, that, like, that's how I feel about the Bills right now. Like, obviously the Bills and the Sabres are in two completely different places, but the whole purpose of what like McDermott and Bean were trying to build with all of like the culture stuff, it's so that you can go out and get any kind of guy and you bring them into the room and it's not going to take away from what's been building there. And it's going to help them then want to become a part of that. I mean, Diggs wanted out of Minnesota and he was thought to be, you know, like a problem kind of child or whatever he comes here and how, per- how seamlessly and how perfectly does he fit in with what they built here? Yeah. But I think you also need kind of proof of concept for that to work too. You do, but this, I mean, it's the beginning of it, but again, though, like I'm, I'm willing to take the swing.
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously they'll they'll know if he wants to sign here when they make the deal. And if he wants to sign here for a reasonable deal, then I think it's not out of the question at all. First of all, I mean, Ryan Johnson in a trade is a piece of so weird because it's like he could be completely valueless. <laughs> we'll see. I have no idea. Like if, if he's not willing to sign, if he really wants to go play his senior year. And then looking at Middle Middlestat, Middle stat in the nine is kind of like, it's not that far away from just trading the nine. And would you, would you take Pierre Luc Dubois with the ninth overall pick? Probably. I would take it and run. <laughs> he went third in 2016, and he would probably, he'd be ninth or lower if they if they did that again. Ninth or high? Well, I don't know how you put that. Ninth or higher? Ninth or lower? Higher. He'd be under nine. He'd be he'd go somewhere between. I don't know, five and nine. If, the, if you did a 2016 redraft, so.
1: I would say, well, let's take a look here. I mean, who automatically moves up? Matthew Kachuk probably ends up going 2nd Mm-hmm. Would you take PLD over Line A? Yeah. Okay. Um, would you take him over Clayton Keller? That's a thinker. I don't I know. I think I would. What about uh, Sergachev? Another thinker, maybe not McAvoy. I would say probably McAvoy is ahead of him. Yeah, you spot McAvoy at three. Checkrin, I take him over Checkrin for sure. You would take Pld over Checkrin? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Our sweet boy Tage. I would. Yeah, let's take Tage over
0: Pld. Pld's never scored thirty-seven goals in a season. That's okay to cat
1: that God, I don't know. <sighs> all right. Well, I mean, you're right. The point still stands that he'd probably be in like the, the five to eight range. Yeah. Anyway. But again, I, we're talking about guys who are some of the premier players in the league. Like, you know, yeah. I, I have no problem being like, <laughs> oh man, Matthew Kachuk and <laughs> And Charlie McAvoy, I would take over PLD. It's like, oh yeah, only only two of the best players at their respective positions in the NHL.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. I mean, hey, he's, he's a great player. So that's why the ninth, I'm the ninth should definitely be in play for someone like him.
1: Absolutely, yeah. All right, Taylor. Well, I know we have to wrap up here. Uh, We are going to allow you to finish listening to Kendrick's new album, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, ahead of our episode on Monday. That's going to be coming out and we will do a more detailed review of it from both of our thoughts on this with Kendrick being both of uh, one of our favorite artists. Sounds good. Excellent. All right, everybody. Well, thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, make sure you're checking out both of the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites, whatever social media platforms you're active on, and whatever streaming platforms you're using to currently listen to this podcast to check out all the other great shows that both of the presenters are putting out. On top of that, follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Straight Up Sabers, and also make sure you're following or subscribe to us on whatever streaming platform you're currently listening to listen to this episode. And last but not least, DraftKings. Make sure you're using that promo code THPN at checkout to take advantage of great deals. As I had said before, we'll be back with a brand new episode on Monday, but everybody in the meantime, have a great weekend. This has been straight up savers.